Lord, I am grateful. Oh, I am. Did you enjoy worship this morning? Well, a couple of you did. Let me, let, me, let me put it to you this way. Did you enjoy worship this morning? Yeah. Um, let me hold this. So. We're, we're, hey, here's where we are. Uh, we're headed into the 4th of July, and uh, um, I, I want to finish up this series this morning, and I want to launch a brand new series next Sunday. And uh, actually, Karen and I and the kids, we're... we're uh, we're going to see some friends of ours uh, um, for the next two days. We're going to go, go see Mickey and Minnie. But they're, uh, we have to pay them to be friends of ours, but we're going to go see them for a couple of days, and, and we'll be back on Wednesday. But uh, I, I want to launch a brand new series. This is the summertime. It's the, in churches, it's the summer slump. It's, it's when, when, when people take advantage. And in Arizona, we are more probably than many parts of the country uh, – want to want to get away and get out of the heat and that's just the reality of summertime but it's a great opportunity for us as a church even in the middle of summer to stop and 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 let's look at some things as as that we need adjusted in our lives and i want to talk about margin over the next 4 or 5 weeks allowing margin in our lives and and it, it really is not difficult for us, especially as followers of Christ, to get a clear perspective on the different areas of our lives and allowing ourselves to have margin. Have, having spe- most, of, most of the great things in life happen in the margins of life. When we have free time in our life, when we, when we allow time in our life, so much happens. There's so many things. You see, if... And, and, I, and I'm not, not picking on anybody, but, but if, you're, if you're always late to work or you're always, if, if, if that's you, that's because you're not allowing any margin. And you know what that does? That actually puts, this is just a simple little snapshot of, of an area. That actually puts a lot of unnecessary stress on your life. You're spending your entire morning trying to catch up, knowing you're not going to catch up, but worrying about the fact that you're not going to be there on time. And, and the whole reason for it is you, you didn't allow enough time in the morning to actually get to work on time. Now, listen, some people say that there are, there are three things in time that you can be. You can be early. You can be on time or you can be late. That is absolutely wrong. There are only two things. You can either be early or you can be late. On time doesn't mean a hill of beans because if you just get there on time, you know that you're late. So it's either early or on time. And this is just in the area of our time, and that's just in the area of of getting to work on time. But this concept of margin. In, in our relationships, allowing margin in our relationships, allowing margin in our finances and in our time. See, if you, if you want to know how to live life properly, you stop, you open up your Bible, and you look at how Jesus did it. And Jesus is a great 
example for us. And so for the next four weeks, I want to stop and I want to look at this concept of margin. Because listen, you and I live, and I'm going to get you plenty of statistics. You and I live in a day and an age where, where everything is, is like this, and it's now, and it's got to be now, and I got to have it now. And, I, and, and, and we, I come from New York. This is normal. For all, this has always been, the, you know, New Yorkers just are going at a whole other pace. If you've never been to New York City, in the, in, in the downtown areas, in the Wall Street areas, and even in Midtown where, where business is happening, when it gets to like 11 o'clock or 11.30, the streets fill up with people because they're all going to lunch. And they are walking at a pace that the most of the country would, would think that there's a fire going on because the mentality is time is money and it's got to be now and we got to move and we got and, and, and we nationwide, the, the whole temperature has risen on time and, and we turn the television on and between, it, for the commercial break, they are throwing 10 or 12 commercials at us and, and that's the, Sometimes you just need to shut it off. And over the next four weeks, I want to look at this concept of margin because, guys, this is not a difficult thing for us to do. And there are areas in our lives that it will not be hard for us to adjust ourselves so that we live with more margin in our lives. Having said that, let's dive into today. I've been looking forward to sharing this message with you today. This outline is not my outline. Um, this is, is straight from, uh, from Tom Mullins. Karen and I were, uh, in our family, we were privileged to, to be at Christ Fellowship in, in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida for, for the two years before we came here to Arizona. And uh, Coach Tom was the pastor, started the church in his living room, and, and, and it has grown to, to, pheno- to do, have phenomenal impact in Palm Beach Gardens and the whole, whole uh, seacoast of Florida. They now have, I don't know, a, ha- a dozen or, or so campuses that, uh, that they have, and, and God is just doing amazing things there. And, and Coach Tom has talked about his grandfather, not his dad. His dad was in a different arena, but his grandfather. His grandfather never got past a low uh, elementary grade education, but he had such an impact on Pastor Tom, and Tom became a college football coach and, and, and went on, and, and now he, uh, actually, he's, he's, he's stepped back and taught his son and, and his wife are pastoring Christ Fellowship now, and, and, and Pastor Tom, we call him Coach Tom has talked about his grandfather. When we're looking at Proverbs and when we're looking at wisdom, this is a life that mirrors that. And over the time that we were there, just just the attitude and the willingness to love people, care about people, do the things that God has called us to do and to be willing to look and live a life that, that honors and follows what we're talking about here with wisdom in Proverbs. I, I just, I want to share this outline with you. 
And, uh, and I want to wrap this series up with that. The, the verse that, that we're using is, is Proverbs chapter 7, for chapter 4, verse 7. Uh, the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And though it costs all that you have, get understanding. The writer of Proverbs is saying wisdom is so priceless Seek after it. Every opportunity that you have, go for it. Seek after it. Find it. When you hear it, do what James, the brother of Jesus, says. Don't just hear it. Do it. Apply it in your lives. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 says this. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. Is there clarity there? I mean, is that real clarity? Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Listen, I challenged you. I challenged all of us. And I read the, I read the proverb today, this morning, early this morning for today. And, and I challenge you. We're going to move from this on and we're going to talk about margin. Don't stop reading Proverbs. Get up in the morning and read the chapter of the, and if you mess up, if you skip a week, that's okay. Don't try to make it up. Just pick up on the day that you're on and, and, and just continue moving forward it. Because he says here in verse 8, if you prize wisdom, she will make you great. The creator of the universe is talking to you and I through Solomon, about this very subject. We, we, how, don't raise your hands. But, but we could look back in our lives in decisions that we made in different areas of our lives that we wish we could go back and make a different decision. I guarantee if, 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 if the input in your computer if daily you are putting wisdom from above into your computer, you are putting a computer together that's going to make decisions just like that. And they're going to be right every time, every time, every time. And it's a simple process. You read Proverbs every morning. And God will change the way you think. It, it is so huge. And that's why Solomon Wisest man who ever lived, the Bible calls him. He tells us, and he, and he takes the whole first part of this book to build this case. And then he begins to lay them out one at a time. If you, if you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her. She will honor you. We're going to talk about that this morning. She will honor you. If you get up in the morning and you read the proverb of the day, you're doing it. And you know what the result will be? She will honor you. Wisdom will honor you. Solomon, he was kind of young, and he is, David passes away, and, and Solomon becomes the king, and, and, and his one request was, God, give me the wisdom. Give me the wisdom that I need to do this job to lead your nation, and God honors his request. 
He was a seeker of truth and wisdom. Listen, as followers of Christ, as followers of Christ, as his children, because of what Christ did on Calvary, we accept his gift of salvation. You and I are followers of Christ. We need to be seekers of wisdom and seekers of truth. And God has been so unbelievably intentional about giving us his word, about giving us everything we need, and then putting an, an amazing amount of power behind it by giving us his Holy Spirit. And before Jesus left, he turned to his followers and he said, it's good for you that I'm going because, because I'm leaving, but I'm going to send my spirit, my very nature, my spirit is going to come. If, you're, if, if you are my followers, my, my spirit is going to live inside of you. So it is going to take this and it is going to imply, apply it in our lives to the deepest levels of our lives. H how deep does God want our relationship to go with him? As deep as we will let him. It, it, it's, it's fascinating, the plan that God has for our lives and the purpose that he has for our lives. Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and you will get in trouble. How many times have I said, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. If you hang around with fools, you're not going to get wise. You're going to become foolish. Now listen, here's the reality. We, we kind of have this mental thing where we think, well, when we're young, we're going to be foolish, and, and over the years, we'll get wise. And that, th there's a lot of truth to that. But if you embrace that, you're a fool. Just because we're young doesn't mean we have to be a fool. Because he's given us everything. Moms and dads, listen, we... we what do we want? We want our kids not to make the same stupid mistakes we made. Am I right? We see them hanging around with fools, and we, everything inside of us wants to get their attention. And, and we, want them to, we, we want them to hang around with the wise. So let's go through these three truths that Coach shared, that Grandpa impressed on him. Number one, be trustworthy. Be trustworthy in the small things. Even in the small things. You know, I, this past week we had kids camp here and, and uh, Rosanna's whole team just did an amazing job and a whole group of people were trustworthy in the task that they were doing. And because everybody was focused on the task that they were doing, everything about this week, not just what happened in here and their time in here, they opened in here and they closed in here and they had great uh, worship and, and dancing and everything. It was, and it was just, it was great. But not only in here, but in all six or seven stations that were happening. And, and, and not only did they, did they do that, but, but because everybody was doing their task. We, we actually provided dinner every night for these kids. If there's a video coming out, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. it was, what, what happened here was great. And it's because everybody was focused on doing their task. 
whether it was large or whether it was small. Mother Teresa says this. Mother Teresa said, be faithful in the small things because it's in them that your strength lies. Being faithful in the small things, that's where your strength lies. What do we do? We, we want to skip past the small things because we want to tackle the big things. We, when, it, when a small task comes on us, we, 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 we just don't even want to focus on it. We, we want to wait until a big task comes. But she's saying here, the strength of your character lies in, the, in, in your faithfulness in the small things. Character is formed there. And, you know, we, we, get, we get hung up on, on, each, on, 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 on other people. We get hung up on other people's talents and, and other people, the amount of money that we think they have. And so often, first of all, we're wrong about the money we think they have because in America we have this mentality of keeping up with the Joneses. And if you're millennials, you'll have to Google that and find out what it is. But we, we have this mentality of keeping up with the Joneses. And the reality is the Joneses, for the most part, are broke and they owe more money than you do. But, but we, we think and we start to compare ourselves and, 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 and we compare our talents and we're sitting out there and we're thinking, well, I'm not as good singer as the, as the people on the... And, and, and maybe you are, maybe you're not. But give it your all. Because even in terms of worship, it's, we are doing this to worship God. For who he is. We get caught up in, in comparing talents or she has more than or I'm not as good or I don't look as good as or what you're doing with the talent that you have is what's important. As you and I sit in the chairs, let's sing all the songs. As, as, we, as, we, as the offering plate comes around or we're at home, we're doing our, our giving, let's, let's, let's honor God. Let, let's, let's be faithful in the small things. Jesus was talking about this in Matthew chapter 25. And you know the story. This is the, this is the, the parable of the talents. It's, it's, he, he gives to his servants. Jesus is telling this parable, and, 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 and the, 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 the man gives to his servants different amounts. He gives one talent to one and two to another and five to another. And the guy who he gave one talent to, he took that talent and he buried it. And the other guys took it, and, and they, 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 they put it to work, and they multiplied it. And Jesus says, says this. He says, the master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. What do you do with the talents that you have? Let's focus on what God has given us, and let's do with that what he's asking us to do with it. Be faithful in the small things, and you'll be prepared to excel in the big things. Grandpa said, be faithful. Coach says this. Coach says, bloom where you're planted. Wherever you are, right there. Bloom where you're planted. What, what is my opportunity today? What, what are the tasks that, that I have today? What, 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 let's focus on this. If you focus on this, you don't have to worry about that. 
when we get focused on something, especially when it's what God has called us to get focused on, that we don't have to worry about other things. Wherever you are, coach says, make that place better. Make those people better. Be an encourager. Enrich the lives where you are. Jesus said, let your light so shine that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. If we're listening to Jesus, we should be leaving a trail of good works behind us. That's what he asked us to do. Let's, let's leave a trail of good works behind us. Some of us leave a trail of something else behind us. We, 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 mess, we, we mess up things, and then we move on to the next mess, and then we move on to the next mess. He said, no, no. Let your light so shine that they will see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And, and, and Jesus said, listen, I'm... When I go, it's good that I go because I'm sending my Holy Spirit to live inside of you. And the direct result of allowing his Holy Spirit to live inside of us and apply this in our lives will be a trail of good works left behind us. A whole bunch of people, about 80 people, got together this week and left a trail of good works behind them. And little kids are going to grow up having this experience implanted in the computer of their brain. And they will not forget it. And the stories that they heard about Jesus, they will not forget. He says, my word will not return void. And for thousands of years, he has protected this so you and I have the benefit of it. I, I, I challenge our church, I challenge myself with that. That is such, such a big, big deal. Faithful in the small things, in your job, in your relationships, in serving, even here at our Camelback family. There's a, there's a reward to this. Here's what I know. If you and I will be faithful in the small things, people will empower you and they will invest in you. It is a natural byproduct of being faithful in the small things. Do you know why? Because people will recognize that they can trust you. And trust is something you have to earn. The only way trust happens is if it is earned and when we're faithful in the small things. Jesus said, I, 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 will, I will put more on you. So be trustworthy in the small things. Number two, be a second miler. Be a second miler. And Jesus was talking about this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 41. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. 
If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Be a second miler, Jesus was saying. Now, what you don't know is in their day, they were under the Roman government. You see, any Roman soldier could walk up to anyone and say, come here, Ca carry my armor for a mile. It was, it was it was expected of, the, it was in the law that they had the right to do that. It was their culture that if, if you were a citizen there, if, if a soldier came up to you and said, carry my armor, come with me for a mile, you had to go with them. It was expected of you. And that's why Jesus said, if someone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Be a second mile. In our culture and in our world, it's, it's one of the things that I see is it's so easy to do enough just to get by. It's in different areas of our lives, we, 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 we tend to be willing to do enough just to get by. And we're reminded that the reality is God is designed for you and I, a sowing and a reaping culture. Our world revolves around sowing and reaping. You plant a seed, it grows. Sowing and reaping is, is what God has designed for us. If anyone forces you a mile, go the two. Roger Staubach, those of you who are Dallas fans, back in the day when you really had a team, Roger Staubach said this, there are no traffic, I'm starting early, aren't I? There are no traffic jams on the extra mile because most people are not willing to go the extra mile. How many of you remember Roger Staubach, Tom Landry? That, that was, yeah, it's back then. It's so easy. Grandpa put it this way. Find out what's expected of you and always give more. He, he raises the level. Don't do just what's expected of you Go beyond that. I got to tell you, if you open up a business, just say, for example, here in Phoenix, you open up a business and you want to do air conditioning or, or you, or you want to be a carpenter, or you, whatever it is you want to do. All you have to do is show up when you say you're going to show up, do what you say you're going to do, and be reasonable on prices, and you will knock it out of the park. Because our, our culture is so saturated with people who don't do what they say they're going to do, and, and, and they, they, they show up late or don't show up or don't communicate and, and, and have no real structure in terms of pricing. If you'll do those three things, you will win for sure. But, but if you, listen, if you will... Go beyond that. If you'll go the extra mile, you will develop a reputation that people will talk about. And I don't care which business you choose. I mean, firewood in the summer might not be a good thing, but other than that, mo most businesses, you, you should do really well. Find out what's expected of you and always give more, Grandpa said. Look what John Maxwell says. John Maxwell said, no one stands in line for average. Have you ever stood in line for average? No. 
We stand in line for something better than average. And we're called to be salt and light. Wherever we go, as followers of Christ, we're called to be salt and light. In other words, we, as we walk through life, here's what, here's, what he, here's what Jesus wants us to do. Make things a little bit better and make things a little bit brighter. Help people see a little bit clearer and make things a little bit better. That, that's what he asks us to do. Be salt and be light. A, a little bit brighter and a little bit better. He says, walk with the wise and grow wise. Be a second miler. In Genesis chapter 24, there's the story of Isaac and Rebekah. And, and some of you may remember the story. See, Daddy sends his servants out to, to find the right wife for his son Isaac, and, 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 and he gives him instructions on what to look for because this is his son, and, and he wants the right wife. And, and so he gives him instructions, and he, and he says, listen, when, when, when you stop and, and, and when, you, when, 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 you're, when someone who, who may be a good prospect comes up, ask if she would give you a drink of water. And if she gives you a drink of water, that's great, but, but watch for this. Ask, see if she, if she offers to water your camels. And so the servant is out, and he, he's at this place, and he comes to this well, and he sits down, and, and this nice chick comes up. And he says, could, could, she's, she's got her jug, and she's getting water for her, take, take it back to her, her, her dad and her family. And, and, she, and, she, and he says, could you, could you give me a drink of water? And she says, absolutely. And she gets this scoop of water, and, and she gives him water, and, and she turns and looks over, and she sees his camels. And she says, well, I'll, I'll water your camels, too. Dude had 10 camels. Do you know what thirsty camels drink? A lot of water. She had this bucket. Listen, she had to be scooping this stuff up and dumping it in the trough. Ten camels. And she saw the and offered to do this. You got to know the servant was thinking, whoa, this is the girl. This has got to. Little did Rebecca know by simply offering to water his camels. She was a second miler. And you know what being a second miler did right there in that instance? It placed her in the lineage of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. She had no idea what going the second. You and I have no idea what God will accomplish when we are willing to go the extra mile. It, 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 is, it is such a principle through Scripture that's powerful. And, and, and it lays out in big ways and it lays out in little ways. And I happened to be here yesterday when, when Ed, uh, pretty much everybody else was gone and, 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 and um, Danny and Tara and uh, Rosanna and Adrian were here and, 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 and they were the second milers. They stayed here. They stayed here yesterday with me. And they were here until... Everything was ready so that every area of ministry was in place. After a, after a, <laughs> this place was crazy and torn up, this building and that building, 
decorated, and then, then it all had to be taken. And, but they were willing to be the second miler. And you know what the result of that is? Every area of ministry slipped right into its mode this morning in the building next door and here in this building. And the only thing that, that happened when the air conditioning kicked on, I happened to notice more confetti blowing out. So if you see confetti around, that, that's, that's because the, that we just didn't know it was going to come down. They were second milers. Such a big deal. If you're a second miler, there is a reward. You know what the reward is? It's a, re a reward that will show itself over and over again. The reward is you will never lack for greater opportunity. If you're a second miler, you will never have to worry about getting a job. If you're a second miler, you will people will come and seek you out. I have never, ever had to hunt for a job. It, it, I've just never had to do it. Matter of fact, when for, year, for seven years or so, I traveled and sang with, with our group. And when, when I came to this place where I knew that that season was over, with living in Pennsylvania, I made one phone call. And I was on a crew that next week building houses in northern Virginia. Just a phone call. Instantly on a crew. And within two years... I was a superintendent on the project that I, that I had gone to. If, if you go the second mile, you will never lack for greater opportunities. Grandpa says, be trustworthy in the small things and be a second miler. And thirdly, be honorable. Be honorable. Grandpa said, be honorable. And true honor starts when we honor True wisdom starts when we follow him. When we align our lives with his word, when we say, you know what, I'm going to follow his teachings. I'm going to choose to live my life his way. He says, be honorable. The prophet Samuel, God says through the prophet, he says, those in, in 1 Samuel uh, 2, verse 30, you don't have it in your notes. He says, those who honor me, I will honor. Look what John says in 1 John 5, 3. In fact, this is love to keep his commandments, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. Guys, that's what I want to do with my life. I want to align it with his word. I want to align it with the heart of God. I want to live in the rhythms of of his Holy Spirit. We're going to talk more about that in the next series. Position, position yourself to receive the favor of God. Position yourself. When we align ourselves with God's word, when we are living our lives following his principles, we're positioning ourselves to receive the favor of God in our lives. Let me just quickly run through how can I be honorable? How do, how, James, how do I actually do that? First is honor others. Honor others. Believe the best in people. When our, when our kids do something wrong, remind them that that is not who they are. And then remind them who they are and remind them whose they are. And remind them that he has a plan and a purpose for them. Let's believe 
the best in people. Let's speak the best. Let's look for the best. Let's affirm in people's lives. Let's not criticize. Listen, we, here's what's going on now. Get ready for it because it's, it's going to get, I will, I will predict this is going to be a horrible season. At all of our intersections, we're starting to see the signs. People running for political offices. The commercials are going to start rolling on your television. They're going to tell lie after lie about each other. The election infection is going to start. It's going to, the, the temperature is, people are being called racist. They're being called like Hitler. It's just, it's just gone absolutely crazy. Listen, as the body of Christ, as followers of Christ, let's not get involved. Let's vote and let's do the research and know who we're voting for and why we're voting for them. And let's make biblical principle the reason that we're voting for people. But oh my God, let's stay miles away from the election infection. It's, I'm telling you, this year is, is going to be brutal. And that's all I have to say about that. Let's honor others. Let's honor our commitments. Honor our commitments. Be a person of your word. Proverbs 3, 4. If you're a person of your word, then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and in the sight of men. Who's left? If you'll be a person and who honors your word, you'll win favor with God and with man. That's you only really have to worry about God, but the, but the byproduct of it is everyone around you will recognize. And that means simply be in the position to finish what you start. Be in the position to finish what you start. You know, in 1968 in the Olympics, and I've, I've seen footage of this even just recently, in the 1968 Olympics, there was a guy running. His name was Stephen Aquari. He was from Tanzania, and he, and he was running, and, and, and something happened with the runners. Somebody got tripped up, and a whole group of them ended up falling, and, and, and falling to the ground, and, and Stephen damaged his knee, and he damaged his ankle so bad that he could hardly walk. And that race finished two hours after the race finished. People were at the stadium. There was some news media there. Some of the athletes were still there. They were doing some interviews. There was still some, enough people there. And, and, and people began to notice Stephen was running towards the finish line. And he had to take a whole lap to finish the race. And he came in and he was running, like walking in, in such a fashion that, that it was amazing that he was actually walking two hours after the race was over. And when they asked him, Stephen, why did you keep running? Why did you keep? There was no chance you were going to win. You, you didn't even, we knew that you would come in last if you even possibly could. Why did you keep running? And he looked at them and he said, my people did not send me all this way just to start this race. They sent me all this way to finish the race. 
Paul says, let us finish the race strong. Let's give it our all. And the reward, if you sow honor, you will reap honor. If you honor people, people will honor you. People will recognize that, and they will honor you. Look what the writer of Proverbs says in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 21, 22. My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Is there clarity here? Don't let it out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Camelback, let's pursue wisdom. Let's pursue wisdom with all our heart. It is, it is a simple process. God intentionally gave wisdom to Solomon, who intentionally documented it so that thousands of years later, you and I could open it up and the wisdom from above become a part of our thought process. And the way you think determines the way you feel, which will determine the way you act. Camelback, this is what God has called us to do. This is how he wants to change a whole area in our lives. And so many of us now, we're doing this. This is a part of our walk with God. If you're not doing it, I would encourage you, jump in. Jump on. Let's stand together. This series of wisdom, wisdom from above. Let's allow God to build it into our lives. Let's allow him to change us. Because in this simple process, of reading the proverb every day. Listen, every, every one of us, there are times that you just need to stop and look in the rearview mirror. Just pretend in your life that you've come to a red light and, and, and you're just waiting for the light to change, but you glance over to that rearview mirror and let that rearview mirror remind you what you have come from. And let's not forget that. But rearview mirrors were made for glances. The windshield was made for our focus. Let's move forward with this windshield of knowledge from above that God is just laying into our lives. Father, thank you for your love. God, thank you for your wisdom that you were so intentional about making sure that we had it. And then beyond that, with your Holy Spirit alive in our lives, you gave us the power to be able to live this out. Watching it happen in the heart and lives of our church family, Father, I pray your continued blessing on our lives, and may we be stretched to be committed to receiving your power from above, letting it change our thinking, change the way we feel, and then change the way we live. In your name we pray. And everyone said, amen.